Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s, giving a perspective on the games that we love, headlines in pop culture, and the main not at all. I'm your host, Melinda Burns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, man. I can hear it. Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but, and tonight we're joined by a special guest, uh, once again, Grace Hendricks, um, a multimedia content creator focusing on making music, film production, and video game design. He's been on countless episodes before and listeners if you don't know by now like whenever Maurice is on there's a big new music release like it's, it's a new new music release type of day but i think bringing back on man yeah man no problem happy to be here happy to be here yeah absolutely and um we're gonna get into um a few music reviews in the first half and in the second half um, we're gonna have a review of prestige um but to start off with um j cole's uh, new album the offseason review and just kind of also what type of year we think uh, cole will have in terms of possibly putting out best album in addition to the fall of coming later um you know this new project was highly anticipated in the, in the past few weeks and he had um an extremely strong rollout from the interlude um the offseason documentary and even had the um la leakers freestyle this past wednesday but he's got features from 21 savage um cameron uh, murray little baby and boz and there's just a lot more braggadocia on this album and tracks like 100 mil and let go of my hand um there's introspection about even his own past struggles or those of others around him and uh Friday's the Devil Flow Baby, but Maurice, to start it off, like, what are your initial takeaways of this album as, you know, it was one of, one with plenty of standout tracks and one where Cole is still able to tell, to tell stories that they should be told? Yeah, so I, so I first listened to this album last night on the speakers while we were playing some games, you know, me and my roommates, they're like, you know, let's, let's, let's put it on the speakers or whatever. Bad idea, because, bro, when it, like just you got whenever you hear an album first, you got to hear it like in your own headphones, yes. in your own in your own headspace. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, bro, when I when I tell you when I first listened, I was like, whoa, it was kind of disappointing. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was like, what? I was like, I expected so much more. But look, I know I'm tripping. Look, cause when I listen no, to not. it this morning again, right? I listen to it again in my headphones and like in my own headspace. I'm like, dang, this this man is this man is hitting, bro. <laughs> I like so two so different I vantage points. <laughs> it's, I, I'm telling you, bro. It's all about like like perception and like uh, like context of like when you're listening to the album. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think this really was a strong project. Uh, yeah. I I really like the second half a lot. Like I think I saved almost every song on the second half. Um, mm-hmm. Everything after 100 mil, I, I was just like 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 you know what I'm saying and saving to my like. Li- like my library and playlist. So yeah, yeah, man, really strong project. I'm I'm pretty excited for what's to come. Cause I know this is just like the introductory, just like that finger food for what we're about to get with like the fall off. You know what I'm saying? He's so. just setting it up. He's just setting it up for the second. It's half. a setup. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Savon to you kind of, we were talking about last week with the interlude, kind of what were our early expectations for it. Um, in terms of like what, what, how you took away this project and, and kind of like what you liked and maybe didn't like, um, what were kind of your initial takeaways of, of the off season? I did the same thing Maurice did. Like, I just listened to it probably, like, <clears throat> an hour ago on my monitors, and I was like, what? Like, I wasn't like, <laughs> I was like, huh? Like, what's going on here? Like, bro. <laughs> but then I haven't listened to it again yet. So, but it's crazy, though. I was just sitting on my phone on, the, on my couch that I have in my, uh, I guess you would call office or studio, and I was listening to it, and I was like, I'm not. And then I went back, and I was like, I thought Little Baby then was on here. I literally zoned out through the album. Mm. I had to go back and like mm. listen to. I was like, "Oh, the baby sliding." J Cole is definitely sliding. The last song with Boss, um, just Boss singing by himself. The I guess hunger, oh, hunger, hunger on the, on the hillside. Side, yeah. That's yeah. fire. 
like you gotta like like Marie said, you gotta listen to it in a different headspace. Because I try to listen to it this morning, but I was I was mad at something. So I was like, I can't listen to it right now. And then I try to listen to it on the monitors. I'm like, yeah, that's not a good idea, either. Because <laughs> that's so crazy. Like you, an album, you really have to like strategize how you listen to it. It's just like, yeah. it can't just be with anybody. Like you gotta make sure like the right type of listening setting yeah yeah you don't want tainted ears bro you want like pure ears to give this album or just any type of music a chance because i don't know about you maurice i listen to if i'm doing a song i listen to it in the monitors in my headphones in the car on mm-hmm. my phone like i listen yeah. to like four or five different aspects and until i be like okay that's it but yeah, yeah it's and it's cool because it's like once you like understand the behind the scenes like that like part of the industry like when you're like mixing and stuff like your own music like you like realize like you really got to test it on every single aspect because you don't know mm-hmm. who's gonna listen on what so like to test the mixes like on different like uh like you said different scenarios and it still sounds the way it does like it sounds good you know what i'm saying like like and it's all about like the first impression like you said like if you listen to it on the monitors first and then go to headphones, it's definitely going to be way different than listening to on the headphones first and then the monitors because you're just going to hear different things, you know, in those scenarios, so. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of just, like, kind of, like, what were a few of your favorites, Maurice? Like, I I, I kind of had uh, Amari, Pride is the Devil, um, Applying Pressure. Like, those were, like, a few of my standouts. Even uh, My Life, I thought, was a really, like, you know, strong uh, uh, track with one where, like, 21 Savage really kind of put his imprint on it. Um, but to you, kind of like, what were your, a few of your favorites from this one? Yeah, so I think my uh, my all my all favorite, I, I, like I want to count interlude because yeah, that was tough. I think that's one of the strong points on the album for sure. But I I guess he kind of released it as a single, so um, I, I would definitely say my my other favorite track, like just like on top of everything, was definitely "Let Go of My Hand" or "Let Go of My mm-hmm. Hand" uh, with Boz and Black. Um, that, 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 that track right there, man, that, that felt like some old Cole, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, but yeah, other than that, yeah, Amari, I really liked, a lot of people didn't like that track, surprisingly, but Yeah, I, that I was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Not, a, not a lot of people were, were high on it, but mm-hmm. with the first, like, the, to me, like, the first time I heard it, I was like, this, the, the song just, like, really flowed well, and I think Cole really owned that track. Yeah, and of course, Baby Slid on his part. That man, oof. he keep, that's this is the thing I want to get to. He keeps <laughs> doing this. He did it on wants and needs. I'm In terms you, of bro. like a, a rapper who has like the most momentum, like do you think he could be like maybe I'm not I'm not saying he's the best rapper, but possibly like the highest rapper right, out right now because like the momentum he's having on any feature he's on is just like to a very high degree. Yeah, and and it's so crazy because it's like like you wouldn't think it would be like Baby, you know what I'm saying? Like little Baby, because like. Like he he kind of came up the same time Gunna did, you know what I'm saying? And Gunna yeah. ain't sliding like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't get me wrong, Gunna is fire, but like when it comes to Lil Baby versus Gunna, like who's the reliable feature? Like I'm gonna give it to Lil Baby any day. Cause he does not miss on any features. I haven't I haven't have not heard that man miss on any feature mm-hmm. that I've heard him on. So a reliable yes. source. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh Savon, kinda like what were maybe maybe a couple of songs you like and also Kind of, what are your thoughts on what Lil Baby's been able to do with just killing features and really kind of being that high level, like A list feature that's really just kind of been having a dominant year? I'm on the fence about Amari. I got to listen to it a couple more times. Um, Definitely, for sure, the interlude was definitely, I'm glad he released that first. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if he didn't release that, then, you know, I don't know. I think the hype for this, you know, (laughs) reception may not have been as good. (laughs) (laughs) The Hunger on the Hillside. Pride is a Devil is definitely a good one. 
Um, let go of my hand. It definitely sounded like old Cole, like him, you know, riding mm-hmm. bikes in New York City and stuff like that. And um, I like punching the clock, but I'm also interested in the features. We we see him have features. He we saw on the documentary saying yeah. you need to do features. You need to have people in your music. You don't want to end your career and be like, hey, I got regrets. So for him to have, I knew he was going to have 21 because they, I think they grew a bond over the years that's really genuine. And then mm-hmm. Moray was an interesting one. I didn't know he was going to be a feature. That completely caught me off guard. I guess yeah. it's the North Carolina, South Carolina type thing. So I guess he wanted to have somebody from the home team. 95 South is dope too. I love Cam. Cam was on there. That surprised me too. I didn't know mm-hmm. Cam was going to yeah. <laughs> come on it. But uh, for Lil Baby, yeah, Lil Baby got the crown right now, man. He's got it. He has got the crown. <laughs> he got the crown right now, bro. He can't miss. Like, outside of, obviously, Drake, J. Cole, Kendrick, like, the 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 gods of The newer era. tier. Yeah, yeah, new tier is definitely Lil Baby. The Baby mm-hmm. had it, but I think Lil Baby is kind of taking over. The mm-hmm. Baby. Because I don't like I don't like the baby's features. Not even on the one really with uh, yeah, Jake, no. Jack Harlow, whatever that one was. Jack Harlow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then Megan Thee Stallion, Cry Baby, whatever that crap is. But mm, I'm not a big fan <laughs> of the baby. But Lil Baby, he slides. He slides. Yes. <laughs> Every Never time. Misses, bro. Never misses. On any track. Any track. I literally had to pause that track and be like, if I listen to the right album, I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't expect that either. But that's what the thing, baby keeps hopping. He keeps hopping on stuff that you never expect him to hop on. Yeah, and he slides. He's, he's, yeah, he's definitely he, showing his versatility. Sorry, Wilson. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but before we transition, like with the fall off coming, what are what are some elements or maybe like some things you want to want to see Cole build on from this from the off season to like maybe even make this like a higher expense of Project Maurice, like in terms of the little things that you heard even from the interlude and now this, like, and even his preparation in the off-season documentary, like, what are kind of some, like, maybe some key elements you think he could take on to, like, maybe later this year or next year make that an even better project? Yeah, for, like, the fall-off? Yeah, the fall-off. Yeah, so I think, let's see. I think with this project, he's given us, he's given us what I think he will, like, step away from for the fall off. I think the fall off is going to be like his last like project that, well, it's going to be his last project, but like his project, like the way he's going to end it is going to be like starting back at the beginning, like getting back to his roots. And that's yeah. why he dropped this project. And that's why he's dropping. I think there's one more project in between. Oh, it's this a boy. And the fall off. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So I think he's given us that taste of like these new styles that he's trying, yeah. getting these features on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, He's giving us that so that way when he drops the fall off, um, it can just be back to like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Forest Hills Drives, you know, uh, Born Center, that that cold, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I really think that's how he's going to end it. And that's that's actually what I want. That's what I expected from this album. But until he dropped the interlude, whenever he dropped mm-hmm. the interlude, I was like, oh, this how he coming, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think that was a complete at the same shift. time, yeah. At the same time, I think the interlude actually like hyped it up to where I I expected that the whole album now. Like and and not saying that he didn't match that because the second time I was like, oh, this album actually slaps. But when I listened the first time, Interlude was definitely like the highlight of the whole album to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so I, I think I still have some more listening to do um before I really decide like like the actual vibe of the project, like what he was trying to do with it. You know what I'm saying? But but for the fall off, I, I that I definitely expect him to go back to uh probably closer to like what he did on the song Close. 
Um, mm-hmm. where he was he that like he was rapping about like a situation and stuff like that. I expect more more of that and less of like because in the other songs I feel like he was just like giving us the bars, you know what I'm saying? But they didn't yeah. have super a lot of content or like story to it. It was just the bars, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody talking about the Luigi brother <laughs> Mario line. <laughs> 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 you know, that kind of stuff. So Yeah. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like, what are some things you want to see him put into the fall off? And, you know, as he's leading up to, to, you know, his final project, what are some things that from maybe this project you think he can infuse in that one and, and kind of make that, uh, you know, a, a much more um, expansive uh, type of work? Continue. I, I look for him to continue to answer all unanswered questions or unanswered things like what Cole didn't do. I think that's why he released like just to piggyback on Marisa, why he released the interlude to show people or to give people insight of how production is the difference production was on this album because it was definitely different. This is Cole really doesn't use auto tunes at all. Yeah, his production and he really doesn't use outside producers. So mm-hmm. he had like mm-hmm. to, I want to say ten to twelve producers that he used outside of himself. So it was kind of interesting. Some of the songs you could tell. Um, it was a lot different. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. for like a, a gunner rapper or like some other rap or like Playboy Cardi type. I forgot what yeah. song that was. It sounded like it. Playboy Cardi should have been on it. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it showed his Take Cole off and put them on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying like, you know how Drake can, can rap with those type of beats. We've seen yeah. him do that with yeah. Playboy Cardi. Like show the versatility of production. I don't have to go to yeah. my, you know, my MO to, to be, you know what I mean? Just continue to answer those questions. Or show people that I really can been doing this the entire time, but I mm-hmm. stuck to my own sound of music. So now I want, and then I want to see it full circle. Just like Maurice said, I want him to, to end how he began. Like you know what I mean? Like Born Center, I brought Born Center to this day, mm-hmm. and for his for his air drive. So I want to come back full circle, and I think that's what he's going to do. Like he's saying, mm-hmm. okay, I did ten years. This is what I did. I. And then what he his content is going to I think follow up is going to be even different because you look at Born Center, the the ins and the ins and out of yourself, and then you look to Force and Drive how he was adolescent in the music game, and then yeah. you find out different things, and then you go from um uh, what's the other one? When you for your eyes on not for your eyes on other one. You talking about mental health and addiction. Oh, KLD. KLD, and then just like you know, what I'm saying it continues to go like yo, like yeah, those are great content. But for this one, I don't know just yet. Like you said, I gotta do more listening, more digging mm-hmm. of what um, the meaning behind this was. But I'm ready for the fall to see how he ends it all because he's trying to go play basketball, <laughs> which is really dope. No, he's, he's living the dream. Really That's dope. crazy. Exactly. That's really, really crazy. Dope. That's really dope. Who who does that? Like you know how many able to be on a slam cover as well? Exactly. You know, he, See, this is what Dame want to do. Dame, because <laughs> Dame wants to be a rapper, a big time rapper. Dame Dalla. Yeah, just stick to basketball, brother. Because you, yeah, Kobe did it too. Glad Kobe just stuck with basketball. Shaq's glad you just stuck with uh, DJ in basketball. Like, but Cole got an opportunity to do both and be good at it. So, and yeah, living the dream. How how yeah. long did he sign that contract for, though? Ooh, I'm not even sure. Mm. I think it was for just one season, like mm, probably like oh, two okay. games or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was oh, like it was, a short term contract. Yeah, it wasn't. Okay, okay. It wasn't anything dope, big but to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and and another thing, like before before we transition, like the rollout, I think for this project was extremely, you know, uh, a solid and at a, at a high level. Like 
you, you, either one of you can start, but do you guys think that the art of the album rollout has kind of diminished, or do you think it's one of those things where for Cole, it was, he kind of had a different strategy and really wanted to build hype up as, this so was kind of like a two-week build-up to um, his next project? Yeah. Oh, wait, can you, wait, can you ask that one more time? Were you asking about, like, his specific Yeah, his uh, specific, album? like, yeah, how would you kind of judge his rollout and maybe kind of comparing to, like, you feel as though with other artists, it's, maybe the rollout is not as good as it oh. as it once was, or do you think it's kind of, like, transitioned to maybe it's a, a particular artist's perspective and vantage point? The rollout? Yeah. Okay. I feel like, I feel like Cole kind of just rolled out like he usually does, though, other than just, like, dropping the interlude, like, yeah. the week before, because that was kind of Yeah, that was different. Yeah, that's something you I would never expect him to do. He was just like, screw it, let's let's go for it. Um, yeah. but I feel like he always kind of just like like here, here's the album. Yeah. Like it'll be available in like two weeks, you know. Yeah, what two saying? weeks. <laughs> Compared <laughs> to like artists like okay, like Drake, obviously, you know he has like a, a year long yeah, rollout. It's, it's a lot bigger. <laughs> yeah. Like 2021. Because, <laughs> I'm saying, bro, he's been hyping Certified Love Boy since, what, 28, 19? Oh, no, no, 2020. Something like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, but yeah, Summer no, 2020, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, bro, I remember we were talking about that, like, a year ago, bro. But anyways, yeah, I think I think Cole d- stuck to what he does. But, like, yeah. it did surprise people when he was like, bam, let's drop this, let's drop this track. You know what I'm saying? And I, so I, I think, think that, that was the thing that surprised people. It, yeah, that, like, interlude, that's what really like caught people off guard. Yeah, and and that also gathered a lot of attention for him. I think like for the album, because once yeah. people heard that song, they're like, "Oh, oh, this man about to drop, change the game." You know what I'm saying? So that and yes, the camp was wasn't quiet this time. Normally, when Cole's about to drop something, the whole camp is quiet. Mm-hmm, Boss exactly. was talking. J Cole. That's was what talking. that's what really surprised me. Yeah, so that was kind of different. But other than that, I mean, the layout was the same, but the camp was, I think they were really excited about this, about the growth or whatever, because Boz was yeah. talking for a while, like, yo, he's really going to drop this, bro. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, transitioning to Isaiah Rashad's um, Lay With You, a new single, and kind of what do we expect from his next album? Um, this recent single with Duke Deuce ahead of his third album has um, an extremely clear and crispy, uh, and Duke taps into the production's energy. Um, you know, Isaiah Rashad is usually an introspective rapper and is rapping um, without self-reflection, weighing him down. And it's a, just a different lane that we're seeing him in. But um, to you, Maurice, in terms of this song kind of having a stylistic shift, um, how do you view it for Rashad and what he's going to be doing going forward? Yeah, I, I am, I'm glad you pointed that out, that he's more of an introspective uh, rapper. And that's what he's done in the past, because like that, this song was definitely something different from him, you know. And so I think. I think he's tapping into this side because I think this album, his next album, will be more on this side. Like I think you'll still have your introspective tra- like tracks and stuff, but I think there will be more of these songs that are just more kind of on this like alternative wave. I want to say, um, like yeah. like getting into that alternative hip hop side of things, um, and I think that's really cool. I think that's that'll be a different energy, and that's kind of what we what the, that's what he. I guess needs to do to like, like of course we're always gonna get the introspection, you know. what I'm saying even even in this like alternative lane, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what he needs to do to like kind of stay Isaiah Rashad, if that makes sense. Stay like the uniqueness that he is in, you know. Do something yeah. different. Yeah, definitely. Um, Savon, so you kind of like what were your initial takeaways of this of the track? As Maurice was just saying, it, it's it's a it's much different from what he usually puts together. 
And this is this is kind of like a different lane he's he's going into. Boo, just boo. I didn't like the track. I didn't like it. I listened <laughs> really? to it three times. I did not like the track. Did not. It it didn't, it didn't catch my attention. Like it didn't, it didn't hold my attention. I catch. It didn't hold my attention. Yeah. I agree, the, last, I agree. the the last song we I heard of him was when he was featured on Reasons um, album. Him and um, JID uh, and Jada, when you want to call him, his for he opened the he opened the track like he killed his verse. Like this song, I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling this at all. I don't think this is it. I'd rather mm-hmm. them drop something from SZA. The track that everybody's keep using on TikTok, drop that. What are you doing? Oh yeah, that needs to drop. ASAP Rocky. Like, <laughs> that needs to drop. <laughs> like, I'd rather you would have dropped Scissor or drop some more reason or even drop, um, shoot, drop K Dot, man. Come on, Kendrick. I'm what are saying, you doing? Bro. Kendrick isn't going to drop any song soon, man. He's just going to take his time. He's retired, low key. <laughs> he, he is, bro. He, he's like music. Yo, Maurice, bro. we were talking about it possibly being a Kendrick Cole. Drake month, like Kendrick is nowhere near dropping. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm saying, bro, like, I, I don't know. Like, we have not heard anything from that man in too long. Yeah. Um, and, and in terms of like this this new album um coming up for Isaiah Rashad, the house is burning. It's gonna be his first full uh project since 2016's The Sun's Tirade. And um in the Fader cover story, he talked about how he kind of grappled with alcohol dependency, writer's block, and just um depleting finances and He's indulged in discussing how this album is going to feel and sound very different. Um, but to you, Maurice, kind of like, what are your thoughts on his current thought press process leading up to his third album and your early expectations for it? Yeah, I mean, I think it got to a point where, like he said, he was going through this uh, this writing, um, writer's, writer's, this block. writer's block, you know what I'm saying? And so I think what that does to an artist is like, it's like, oh, I got to do something else, you know? I gotta yeah. try this new wave of of hip hop. I gotta do something other than being introspective all the time because it's no longer like I can no longer do this sustainably, if that makes sense. So like I and I agree with Savon. Like I, I didn't I this track isn't rememberable to me. Like like mm-hmm. I didn't save it to my library. I listened to it, it was like it was good, but I don't know if I would go play it, like go seek for it to play. So I think he's just kinda like getting he has to like he can't just come into this, like, I guess, uh, category slash type of music and just, like, you know, be the best at it. So I think that track was kind of just, like, his first attempt at it. And I think I think at this this album will be more attempting it. I think there will still be some good songs in there. But I think, like Savon said, it's, like, not what we're used to. And, and I think, like, like it, it'll take a while to get used to, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. Um, Savon, to you, uh, kind of like, what do you feel as though um, maybe some early expectations for what we could expect from the house is burning? And do you feel as though like this? I, I know you weren't a huge fan of the track, but do you like what are kind of some different changes you feel as though he could implement, and maybe some things you want to see him still keep um, from his last album, like he did in the uh, the Sun's Tyree? Be himself. What are you doing? Like, what are you, <clears throat> what are you trying to catch a wave for? People loved your music. You ain't ghost. You did a lot of fe- you did some, a couple features. You ain't ghost on your on your own music. People still want to hear your music because of what you created and what you like what you did in the beginning. Like stick to that. Stick to the lyrical incline, Isaiah Rashad. The, the vibe, Isaiah Rashad. Like don't what do what do like we don't need you on a a, a track with Duke Deuce. Like bro, what, <laughs> what are you doing? Like bro, like, I'm sick. I literally could have did without the song because I was so excited. Willis was like, "Oh yeah, drop today! It dropped today!" 
literally. <laughs> I didn't listen yeah. to the same day. I got in the car the next day, and I didn't. I got to like thirty seconds, and I turned it off. So go back to the lyrically inclined Isaiah Rashad. Mm-hmm. That's what you need yeah. to do because I'm not feeling. Yeah, a lot of rappers have versatility in in, in, in different uh, areas of rap or hip hop. What do you want to call? Mm-hmm. That's not your lane, bro. <laughs> That's not your lane. Savon wants the scissor track to drop. Savon yeah, wants the I, scissor track. <laughs> yo, if, when she drops that, the world is going to go stupid crazy, it's, bro. Yeah. She's going to be number It's a showstopper. In 30 minutes. Exactly. People are, I mean, we see what TikTok has done to certain songs, like Cola Ray song. Um, she's a trader, she's a track star. That song yeah, trash. Um, you don't like that, Maurice? Do you like that track? No, nah, I don't like. I mean, it's okay. I'm not gonna lie; it slaps a little bit, but only in the context of because I've heard this on TikTok and it, Got it. it's like a big. Song, the hook you know? is fire. He's out yeah. of yeah. he's out of pitch. He's his pitches are wrong. Like, bro, the whoever in the studio with you should have said, "Hey, let's redo that. Let's stack your vocals. Redo let's all do of this." this. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? No, the hook is fresh. She's a runner. She's a track star. That's yeah. cool. That's in pitch. It sounds good. The auto twist sounds yeah. good on it. But once you go, you can hear it. Like, you oh, can yeah, hear yeah. it, bro. Nah, like, mm-hmm. I don't I think like that's it. why it was funny, though, and why it slapped. Because it was like that. And I think people were just, like, making fun of it a little bit, you know? Like, listening yeah. to it. Because, I mean, when I heard on TikTok, she's a runner, she's a child. Oh, that's cool. That's dope. I was so yeah. excited. Like, I'd be so excited for new music and new artists. And when I listened to the entire song, I was like, Oh, you, bro, I know it's a hit, bro, because people on TikTok, but you, it has so much more potential. It didn't mm-hmm. reach its full potential. You could have did it so much better. And there's yeah. a girl who resung it on TikTok, and she killed it how it's supposed to be. I mean, he's not really a singer, but still. Mm. But, yeah, man, yeah. that's crazy. But, yeah, stick to your guns, Isaiah. Yeah. Um, transitioning to uh, Georgia Smith's uh, Be Right Back EP review. Um, you know, this latest eight track EP really showcases her experimental side and, you know, that there's, you know, live sounds combined with a different level of ambiance. Um, one of her tracks, Weekend, highlights the, you know, the operatic side of Smith. She says, um, I stand out there where it always came alive, wasting pennies in the night, end quote. And there's just a minimalistic shriek that's just refreshing and exciting. And she's going away kind of like from the traditional and early 2000s uh, re- referencing sounds. But in terms of um, Maurice, like George Smith giving a short hold over after her debut album, um, what were kind of some of your takeaways of this EP? And do you think it was the right prelude for her second album? Yeah, I think it was actually a really good prelude because, like, this had this this had a real like homemade vibe, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. especially like on the song uh, "Time," you know, you have these these little like skits at the end. Um, where she was talking to, I, I don't know if it was like a, a dude or, or a girl, honestly, but she was talking to somebody, you know what I'm saying? Um, but anyway, so it has that vibe, has a lot of reverb, has that like, just that home pop vibe, you know what I'm saying? And I really like that, that bedroom pop, my bad, bedroom pop. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, I, I really like this project. Like, I, it just felt really nice listening to, and man, she can sing so well. Crazy. Uh Especially like on on home and burn, I was like, oh, burn was my favorite. That was my yes, favorite. burn for sure was my favorite of that. I kept listening to it, like when I was I was listening to it earlier. I'm like, damn, I gotta repeat this a couple times. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah. it was definitely like a really good, especially if this was meant to be like a prelude to it's her the next right album. type of one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. This is a solid project. Yeah, um, and, and Savon, 
we did the, I think the addicted review uh, um, a few weeks back in terms of just like, this was kind of like her, it was when she was dropping a couple singles before the Be Right Back um, uh, entrance. But in terms of like, what, what were your initial takeaways of it and what she was kind of able to build on from Lost and Found before her next album, um, what were kind of uh, some of your initial thoughts of it? Yep, 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 wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't, mm. I wasn't feeling it, bro. Um, yeah, I, it was more, I don't even think you were feeling addi addicted that much either. No, 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 I like addicted. No, 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 I like addicted. But this okay. one, I felt like it was more up tempo than I thought it would be. Like, my expectation mm. was her to Got like vibe me out like Janae does. Oh, okay. Or even like, um, what's her name? I want you around. Um, um, Snow, uh, what's it? Al Snow Lever. Snow oh, Lever, yeah. yeah. Like her, like she vibes me out. Like this was more yeah. like, you know, I'm 13 years old girl, like in my room, mad at the yep. world, just, you know. That do, do, bedroom like, pop. <laughs> yeah, nah, bro. I wasn't, that's not my type of vibe. I feel that, <laughs> Excuse me. I feel that. That's not my type of vibe. So I was, I was expecting like a Janae or like a, you know, Snow Allegra mm -hmm. or even, um, even a Queen Najee, you know, Queen Najee bobs you out too. Um, but it wasn't what I expected. That's why I was like, mm, uh, burn. I listened to Burn. Burn was like, oh, I couldn't get into it. What? I couldn't, like, bro, I really could not get into this, <laughs> I, this this EP, bro. Like, I really could not. I was like, this is why you did this to Drake. So you know, Oh, like, this, is, this is Drake. Come on. You wanted, stop saying no breakfast. You wanted this music to be out? So He's a certified lover boy. He's going to drop girls <laughs> He's gonna, he's gonna dog you. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm sick. At least she ain't doing like uh, Jennifer Lopez change her number. And... <laughs> I'm sick, yo. <laughs> Wait, she got a new boyfriend though. You know, he does the same thing and don't make as much as Drake. Not as wavy. Not yeah, as wavy. Not, not as wavy. wavy. <laughs> Dated 2.0 coming for secret. <laughs> That's why it hasn't come out yet. I'm saying, bro. He was waiting, bro. He, was he had to wait for this. He probably sucking his teeth, sucking his teeth like, oh, wow. So this is what you did for, okay. Good Yo, for but I, I swear I heard some like, like she, I forgot what song it was, but she, I think it was Gone maybe, um, where she was talking about like, like her love life or whatever. Um, maybe I'm reaching here, but she was just saying like stuff about like, oh, like you want to do this or whatever. I, I don't remember the lyrics, bro. I, let me just stop while I'm ahead. But I don't know. It, <laughs> it felt, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reaching. I don't know. <laughs> maybe may an indirect reference. <laughs> yeah, you know, a very indirect reference. You know what I'm saying? Drake gonna hear it and get something out of it, though. You know? So. Of course. He's gonna be like... <laughs> <laughs> But in terms, say, I mean, like, in terms of like her next album, do you feel as though it's like also maybe like one of the same things we're mentioning with um, Isaiah Rashad as possibly just maybe like going back to what your strength originally was? And you know, we Lost and Found was a very solid debut, a really like a good opening entrance. Do you feel as though it's one of those things where she may possibly just need to go back to what you know her maybe origin elements were? You know what? You know what? EPs, you're able to kind of test the waters and that's why they call it a, yeah i guess what that's why people do eps just to get a mm -hmm. taste give people a taste of what they're thinking about doing <laughs> um but i'm only one person maybe so like you guys you guys actually like this out all this ep i just wasn't feeling it wasn't my vibe 
So maybe, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm just one person. People probably love this in dancing in a room with a teddy bear and said, Dad, don't come in my room, like, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, that's just not my vibe. I'm 28 years old. I don't want to dance in my room. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> I wasn't expecting that that take. I'm saying, bro, I was not expecting that. That was a different type of take. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, nah, but keep doing what you're doing. Go ahead. Girl. Keep doing what you're. Yeah, Marie, is there any like added elements that you kind of want to see in her next um, project from from what we saw from this from this EP? Yeah, I think um, I think like Savon said, I think she was like testing the waters, trying out something new here. Uh, a little bit more up tempo, and I think like I I liked it. Like I said, I think if she like goes into that lane, she should like fully immerse herself into it though. Um, so that'd be something to see, you know, um, mm-hmm. for this next project. So you know, I think she was giving a little a little teaser of what that looks like. So I think on this next project, if she immerses herself in that world, I think her fans will uh accept it as like the next phase of her music and I think it'll it'll sound really great. So that's that's what I would want to see at least. And be yeah, great and talk about Drake too. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. He she has to when have is her Aubrey. coming? <laughs> she has to have an Aubrey interlude in there, you know what I'm saying? Has to. She has to. What you know what? I'm sorry. Just I'm like kidding. he how just just like how he had the Georgia interlude on more life. That's exactly. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. He, she has to have the Aubrey interlude, you know. I wonder why people aren't as transparent as Drake. Like Drake could talk about any and everything, doesn't matter. I mean, why does other artists do that? Some people are afraid to be vulnerable though. Yeah. True. Or say And that's why Drake is Drake, because he is vulnerable and transparent. And he gets people to like that he does that. You know what I'm saying? That's really hard to do. I I wanna most people are like, I don't care about your life, you know what I'm saying? Right. But I was well, I was talking to one of my friends. He's like, all Drake's music is sad, even the up-tempo music. <laughs> Facts. Really he's is. always talking about, you know what I'm saying, eating cheesecake at a factory, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I sent her to child support, buddy. She sent back the hot <laughs> Yo, Joe Bunn was even like, yo, I don't even get the heart emoji for my girl. <laughs> I don't get that. Obviously. The first lie he said, uh, heart turned to purple emoji or something like blue. Something he said, he was like, yep, sad. Yeah. Look at her, sad right there. Yeah. Sad. All Facts. his music is just sad. I was like, no, not Drake. Even nonstop. It's not a road. This is not, this is a road. not a stopwatch. That's sad, bro. You got to convince people that it's not a stopwatch. It's a road. It's sad. But no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but all his music is sad, but it's, it's double album. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, and there was also I don't know if you guys heard the, the other the other new release. Um, Nick, Nicki Minaj she she made a, a mm-hmm. release with Fractions and also Seeing Green. Like, did you guys have any initial takeaways of that one? Because it's really been a while since we've seen her kind of you know drop consistent music as well. I haven't heard it yet. Maurice, have you? Yeah, I I listened. Don't I, I'm gonna be honest though. The only song I listened to was Seeing Green though. <laughs> that was that was a tough track. I heard Fractions was good too though. So I'm, I should listen to that after the after the the cast. But like. Yeah, I heard seeing green. I'm like, wow, this sounds like old YMCB. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That's, exa- like, that's exactly how it sounded. Like, no joke. Like, th- it, it sounded like that old, especially the sample that they used to was like really nice. Um, I think Drake had, I, okay, I, I would say Drake I think had, he had the best, best verse. verse. Yeah. yeah. Best. Lil Wayne was really solid, though. Nikki. She just was Nikki. She was Nikki. She did her part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't like her. It was her. She had to do. <laughs> 
like, but yeah, oh, it, was, it was a good song. Yeah, I like that. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. She dropped the entire album? Yeah, she dropped the yeah. whole album. Whole album. She dropped the whole album when J. Cole dropped the album? Bro, everybody dropped when J. Cole dropped. Everybody dropped. It's crazy. I'm telling you. Are Kodak you dropped. Like, oh, wait, dumb? 21 dropped too, apparently, I, I heard. Let me look. And that cannot be like, are y'all dumb or are y'all dumb? Like, who drops when J. Cole drops? That's not good. That you're not gonna get streams for real. Everybody's on J. Cole. Oh yeah. Okay. So so twenty one. He didn't drop an album. It was like, like a the soundtrack. Track. Yeah, it was like the yeah. soundtrack from uh from that new Saw movie or whatever. Because but yeah, Nicki dropped the whole album. Kodak dropped the whole album. There was a lot of people. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. Because Cole announced this like two weeks ago, you know? All right, before then, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, people yeah. were definitely stepping on his toes. Yo, and Lil Baby is dropping an album with Lil Durk in uh, May 28th. Oh, yeah. So that's, I'm like, dang, they do not respect that man at all. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Well, they're not going to touch his numbers either. No. You think so? I think it'll pull away from, from J. Cole a little, though. I think I think if, the, if, if it was really like him. The first week is going to be all his. Oh yeah, for sure. I think he's he's doing number one. But I'm saying like I think he he would have done an, a lot better stream wise and and total sale wise first week if mm. all these other people didn't drop. You know what I'm saying? Especially since like people were so hyped about this. You know, like I, I'm I'm guessing he'll do like somewhere around 300, 400k maybe. You know, mm. but maybe he could have touched like upper 400k if it was just him. You know. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our review of the proceeding. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into our review of The Prestige, and uh, we're joined by another guest, Trent Morales, um, always um, a great guest um, that we've had on for, for past movie reviews, and thanks for being back on, uh, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's good to, uh, to be recording fairly close to you guys. I'm like 45 minutes away in uh, Perdido Beach, so... Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm super close to you guys, man, but uh, yeah, it's, it's great to be on. I'm looking forward to chopping up The Prestige with y'all. Yeah, man, absolutely. And to start with the overview of The Prestige, um, The Prestige is a 2006 psychological thriller film directed by Christopher Nolan, written by Nolan and his brother Jonathan, based on the 1995 novel of the same name by Christopher Priest. Um, it follows Robert Angier and Alfred Borden, rival stage musicians in London at the end of the 19th century. I'm obsessed with creating the best stage illusion. They engage in competitive one-upmanship with fatal results. Um, this film had a budget of $40 million and brought in $109.7 million into the box office and had a 76% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it received Academy Award nominations for Best Cinematography and Best Art Direction. Um, but Trent, to start it off, what were your initial thoughts of this film and how it may include kind of one of the best scripts Christopher Nolan has ever had? Yeah, so I mean, so you, for, for the listeners, you always know I seem to have some kind of story behind how I saw a movie. Uh, because that's what helps kind of stick out to me as as far as, you know, resisting these things. Um, so I saw this film on an iPod Nano, literally on an iPod Nano, wow. on the way to Indianapolis, Indiana, for a, it was like a youth group thing. And I literally watched, like, this, this blockbuster film on a, like, a business card, essentially, is <laughs> what I watched it on. And it, it, it was amazing, bro. Like, I, you know, like when I first saw it, um, I was like, "This is this is crazy." Of course, the, the allure of Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman is always is always there. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I, I, you've already got me in the door because you have these two guys on there. 
Um, and then I just, I remember like watching it, just being captivated by it. And, um, of course the ending was like, Whoa, that was insane. Was bonkers. Yeah. 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 Now, and I will say over time, it doesn't hit the same way it did, you know, you know, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. but it's, it's still like, it's just pretty fantastic. I even remember coming home from that same trip and I was like, Hey dad, I told my dad, like, you've got to watch this film. I said, you got to check this out. And, uh, he was like, yeah, that was, oh, that was pretty cool. So I really enjoyed it. But I still made him watch it on the on the business card as well, too. So he, he had to take it the way I did. But, it, yeah, the initial thing was like, wow, this is just amazing. Uh, I, you know, it began the, the long journey of uh, enjoying films with Christopher Nolan's name attached to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Maurice, like, what were kind of your initial thoughts and takeaways of this film? And do you feel as though it was one of those movies, like Trent was saying, like, maybe the third or fourth time you see it, the ending doesn't have the same luster to it, but it kind of was like one of those things where you saw it the first time, the ending was maybe like more gratifying and captivating. Yeah. <clears throat> so I actually saw this, this, my first time seeing it was yesterday when I watched it. So that ending, I did not expect. Like, I, I, I like thought I saw it coming, but I did not see it coming. Cause like, <laughs> I did not want him to win, bro. I wanted, I wanted Hugh Jackman <laughs> to win, if I'm being honest, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because, like, you know, the original fault was that, like, you know, obviously, like, he tied the wrong knot or whatever, and then she died. And then, you know, that began... I mean, they already had rivalry before, but, like, that began the spiral of what, you know, transpired in the movie. So the fact that he still won in the end was just like, dang, bro, I did not expect that at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but, nah, I, I really, like... I, I just and, and having some prior knowledge on I don't know if you guys uh knew this too, but it parallels really well with um the beef between like Edison and Tesla and that's why they like yeah. included it within the, the movie. And that was like genius to me because like I learned that's like something I learned about like in college, like, you know, their their whole rivalry or whatever. And so the fact that they like paired that with um with their rivalry and just made it, you know, parallel so well in the movie was just like so genius to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like what were your initial um, takeaways of this film when you first saw it? Oh, it's finally my turn. Gosh, I thought it would never be. <laughs> 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 wow. That's the way you're going to start off. <laughs> Here we go. No, nah, man, that was a, the a no one critic. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, nah, I'm joking, bro. I thought it was a great film. I didn't think it was going to end like that either, either, but I mean, great cast. It's the first thing I noticed. Hugh Jackman, yeah. Christian mm-hmm. Bale, Michael Caine, my, my, my ex-wife, Scarlett. Thank yes, you. Yes, That's Scarlett my ex-wife, Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Really? Even Rebecca Hall. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, I, I keep forgetting Scarlett's in this film, man. Like, she yeah. like, oh, yeah, I forgot she's in this film. <laughs> Can you bring her on the pod, Savon? Can you get no, her on the pod? No, no. I had her before Ryan Reynolds divorced her. So oh, man. no. Oh, Lord. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> We need her opinion, bro. We need her. Hey, man. I mean, she's she too. She's she's locked up, man. I can't get to her, man. I don't have an email anymore, so you know. <laughs> but um, to start it off with with, with our, our first topic from one to four stars, what would you give it, Trend? To kind of start it off, what were kind of um, what would kind of be your rating for it and, and your particular reasons? Uh, man, I'm rolling with four stars. Um, I yeah. just see, um. In the way, in the ways that it just kind of keeps you kind of flowing um, back and forth, and keep you kind of guessing and just following the storyline as it kind of plays out. It's like, oh, this is really, this is really kind of. I think it's the first time I really got exposed to Nolan kind of messing with timelines and just okay, we're gonna go to the 
going to the future or we're going to the present and we're going to the past we're going to even before then and, and but what it does though it just tells that story all the way through and it just it really helps kind of like make sense about what's going on and as you go along the way it's like this is drawing me and it's keeping me captivated and uh and it, it helped out and it yes yeah, so the four stars for me all the way um even you know 15 years later as i still as i rewatched it this week uh but yeah this, this movie still holds up pretty well for me yeah i mean i would go with four as well i think the theme was just carefully intertwined with the subject matter the world of mu musicians and the personal style of, of nolan all coming together uh maurice and and you, from from your perspective from one to four stars what would you give it yeah i would also give it uh four as well i just think yeah. this was a really uh overall really well made movie and like i said tying it back to that par parallelism uh i've never seen a movie that really does it so well you know what i'm saying um, at least intertwining like history and then like, you know, using that history to also like foreshadow what's about to happen in the movie as well. Um, and just including those like the the dialogue from like that representation of like, you know, was it worth it or whatever. So that 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 is why I would give it four stars. Just really well, well done and well, good story. Yeah. Savon, um, from one to four stars, what would you give in particular and your kind of some of your reasons for it? Four stars, for sure, um, from the trailer, because the trailer draws you in wanting to see the movie, especially with the yeah. first one, you catch the bullet, whatever, with a gun, whatever, so that it really got my attention, because I didn't watch this movie until, like, this week, too, so, um, but, yeah, from the cast members, from the trailer, from, you know, I'm not the biggest Christopher Nolan fan, but uh, I think this was a great film, especially after Batman again, so, yeah, but, so. <laughs> You had to plug that in that you're not the biggest. <laughs> 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 uh, you just had to plug that. Hey, man, just so you know, you know, just so you, <laughs> just so you know, just uh, in case. That's gonna be his bio. It's gonna be his bio. Like, not <laughs> you haven't added that in, Savon. I haven't seen that. <laughs> that's gonna be on my hands, bro. <laughs> I don't like Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Start a um, conversation. But, yeah, but transitioning to favorite character, I, I would personally go with with Alfred Borden. To me, he's the most inter interesting character in the film, and he also possesses the mysterious air that leads up that leads us to the big twist with the kind of the most caution. Um, Trent, to you, who is like your favorite character in this one? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Cutter, uh, Michael Caine, uh -huh. um, because he seems to be. Uh, you know, Maurice, Maurice is talking about these, these, these parallel storytelling going on. I think Cutter is the parallel or the kind of the middle of the road between Angier and Borden. He's somebody who, who understands what it takes to be a fantastic presenter or a, a fantastic showman, but he also values and protects the craft of magic and protects yeah. like what it, what it takes to be able to do the job well. And that, that stands out for me. Of course, Michael Caine is so easy to to love as an actor in the roles that he yeah. does. You know, it's so easy to really kind of you know fall for him and, and what he's doing. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Cutter because he just really stands out to me as kind of like that. He's like that middle of the ground, and you can kind of see how he's torn between the two. Like you know, I'm gonna defend, I'm gonna support um, Angier as he you know kind of ascends the ranks, and then he's like. But but you know he, he, so if I think back to the scene where um, where he's paying them in the back you know backstage after the show, you know he he criticizes Borden but he also defends him. You know he's like he's a wonderful musician, 
but he's a terrible showman. <laughs> and I think he probably felt the same way as like, you know, as, as the other guys, like, you know, he's a, he's a terrible, he might be a terrible magician, but he's a great showman. So, which, I mean, I think is a, is a, uh, pun intended for Hugh Jackman to be the greatest showman. So, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but, so, so, so as far as favorite character, it's going to be kind of for me. Yeah. Um, Maurice, to you, who was kind of like your particular favorite character in this one? Yeah, I'm agree. I'm gonna agree with Trenton um, with the the idea of Cutter being my favorite character because, like you said, you know, I think he is that center bridge between the two characters that were, you know, having beef. And I think at the end of the day, it's all about respect and and like and like making sure that one or the other doesn't go too far. Like when he realized, like, yo, bro, you're you're getting really obsessed with this. Like I know, like you know. Like, he did defend him, you know? After his wife died, like, he was like, bro, I got a job for you. I know, like, you weren't the one at fault, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got your back. But when he started going too far and, like, started trying to, like, mess up the other dude's show and, like, really, like, you know, kill him or, like, you know, hurt him, like, he was like, all right, bro, like, uh, obsession is young man's game. Like, I'm just here to do magic. That was one of the key statements. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I think it just made him the most, like, relatable and human character in the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, Savon, to you, who was uh, the, the person you would say kind of was your favorite character in, in The Prestige? I don't have one, to be honest with you. I think I liked all mm-hmm. the killer <clears throat> characters as a collective. I could just yeah. pick just, you know, just one character. I think everybody had their purpose. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't choose one. Extremely strong union in this film. Yes, for sure. Very, mm-hmm. And they have, you know, that chemistry that you don't really see on film. I mean, uh, some of these guys played in the same movie together, so they, but you know, Christian Bell is, that man is crazy on set. I don't know if y'all ever yeah. heard that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that man's crazy yeah. on set, bro. Like, so to get along with him is kind of, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a testament in and of itself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, but transitioning to most memorable scenes, um, I had the opening scene, uh, the Tesla dialogue, mm-hmm. the box, yeah. um, the electrified illusion, um, the funeral scene, uh, the Borden mm-hmm. and Sarah argument, yeah. uh, the hand shooting, the drowning scene, uh, the jail scene, and also the plot twist, the ending, which I mean, that was, you know, one of the most memorable of, of the entire film. Um, Trenton, for you, kind of like what was maybe one or a couple of your f- favorite or memorable scenes? Yeah, the, the opening scene, uh, you know, I remember like when I first like saw this, I, like, like, what's up with all these top hats? You know? <laughs> and then and you, you, you hear, you know, Borden say, are you watching closely? And then Cutter comes in and just lays out like every magic trick consists of three parts. And it's like, okay, all right, here we go. Well, let's get into it. And, um, and then like, you know, it, it, what it does is it, it gives you a tease for what's going to happen in the end. It's like, oh, oh wait, we have to go backwards to see what's going on here, which we immediately do. So, and, um, so I would say that scene, um, the pit, uh, and two other scenes for me, uh, the scene where, where, um, Borden's wife confronts him, let's talk about Rebecca Black, mm-hmm. which she, when they're having a, the massive argument and she's like, you know, do you love me? And, and she's like, you know, I know who you are. And it's like, oh, I, I think she's, she's picking up on some things. Yeah. And uh, that's the and then uh, I'll go along with that when Borden is in the cafe with Olivia, and and it basically is that again two characters who are trying to share the same life, and their worlds is crumbling around them, and they basically lose the two women they love 
because they cannot because they're so committed to their act and, and they refuse to let it go. So yeah, those definitely stand out for me as far as like pivotal points of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Maurice, kind of like maybe what was one or, or two of, of your uh, memorable scenes in this one? Yeah, other than like like Trinity said, the beginning scene, um, I think that's a pretty obvious one because it does foreshadow to, uh, you know, what's going to happen in the film. I think the two scenes that stand out to me uh, that also like foreshadowed in its own way was like that scene. Uh, so the dude with the, the, that put the bowls on the table, like the orange magic trick or whatever. So when they went outside to go observe him, you know, they, he, uh, Christian Bell, like he took notice to like, he was committed to the act the whole time, you know what I'm saying? And that's when he realized, like, you know, like this is this is my ultimate magic trick. Like this is the the what I'm pulling off because I'm staying committed to being a double, you know, being being having the twin brother and switching off and on. And that will be like my ultimate magic trick. And then the other one was uh the scene with the boy watching watching the bird trick or the cage bird trick yes and he was yeah, like where was uh, where's his brother at and so that was also an, a nod to like what what's happening what would happen at the end of the movie you know what i'm saying when 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 they keep or like just even their whole magic trick like them switching out of the boxes and stuff you know one would go on the stage and or one would go yeah, yeah. i don't know I, I forgot the trick but one of them would go away and then the other one would come out they were brothers yeah. basically uh, so same thing with like them killing him off at the end, you know the other one's still alive, and you know so there's his brother. So that 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 was a memorable scene for me. Definitely, um, Savon, to you, kind of like maybe what were some of your uh, memorable scenes for this one? <clears throat> Definitely when she drowned. Um, just going straight out the gate <laughs> when she uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> when they tied the the uh, the knot wrong. That was that was a big one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, really the the one. That, I think one of the scenes he had, the, she had the gun that really showed how good of a magician he was. And like what Trinity was saying, he was not a good showman. Though. He was a good magician, but not a good showman. So that really just gave you insight of like, he's really, really good, but he doesn't have the full package. So it's just like little scenes like that really gave you an insight of, you know, why the best person won, I guess, or not the best person won. Am I getting them confused? Possibly. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm a liberal guy, bro. It sucks going last. Wasn't the likable guy. Borden wasn't the likable guy. Yeah, I do <laughs> not, know. not bro. Everybody was likable, you know. Like everybody, I did. no. I I did not want him to win though, because it was like he was so yeah. like he he killed his wife and then he got his own wife and kids and you know like he won in the end for sure. Like there's no he doubt went about, about everything it. Yeah. in a really shady way. Yeah, it was so oh, shady. Sure. It's like. Usually they're the ones that's punished in the movie, you know what I'm saying? But that, yeah. that's not how it went down in this movie. I mean, because technically, you know, Angier, he more inflicted punishment upon himself out of the, the things yeah. that he did. Like, For Borden, sure. like, ruined his life. Straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you went all the way to America to, to find the machine. <laughs> that was like, I mean, and that's insane in and of itself. But... Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, it was definitely Borden who was like the bad guy here. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. and he was able to get away pretty free. So Yeah. Do you guys think that like do you guys think that took away from the film with with the with like the villain kind of winning, or do you think it was one of those things where it just maybe for for Nolan it was just a different twist for, for him to finish this film? I think that was the twist though. Like that the yeah. fact that yeah. other than it being like he had the twin brother the whole time. I think that the fact that he won still, and it was actually Borden, 
you know, he got to keep keep his daughter. Like it wasn't the twins' yeah, daughter; true. it was it yeah. was his daughter. Like he ended up winning completely. I mean, he lost his brother. He lost his wife at the end. He did lose that, but like you know, he can continue doing magic. He can continue. Uh, you know, actually, can he continue doing magic? Because technically, the act is dead now. Because they thought, yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, I guess not that. Yeah. Abolish. Yeah, well, but it, like, okay. Oh, you know, I was gonna say, like, you know, I think, but also, you know, also too, like, I think about the last line that Cutter said in the film. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like now you're looking for the secrets. Um, yeah, it's like you want. It's like you. It's like you really don't care. You just want to be fooled. So mm-hmm. I think, in a sense, it's like you know, I think maybe no one's taking it to the to the audience like okay, I think I think what we're doing here is going beyond maybe what Noah kind of envisioned for the audience as they're leaving us like as in like you know we're, we're talking about hey this guy you know it's a pretty shady stuff to, to kind of you know you know really kind of ascend the ranks I mean he by you know but by, by hijacking his trick in the middle I, I mean like, that's cold-blooded man yeah that's so cold-blooded <laughs> very, very cold-blooded and, and then like but, and his, uh, his the leg injury too yes. yeah yeah i mean like everything i mean he just continually tormented him at every turn and but i think honestly in, but he's but there's a point though it's like whenever we take in something that we keep we don't understand in that sense of like, like magic or illusion in a sense, we want to know, but we don't really want to know. We mm-hmm, want right. to be fooled. We want to stay in that in that, that state of being fooled. So, but this might be something. Yeah. Um, transitioning to most memorable quotes, I had man's reach exceeds his imagination um, from Angier. Uh, you're going to need a better disguise. Another one from Angier. And then are you watching uh, closely um, from Angier? No more lies, no more secrets from Sarah. Um, see, sacrifice Robert. That's the price of a good trick. But you wouldn't know anything about that, would you, from Borden? Um, simple, maybe, but not easy. Another one from Borden. Um, you're a magician, not a wizard from Cutter. And then finally, the secret impresses no one. The trick you use it is for everything. Um, Trent, to you, kind of like what was your memorable, memorable quote or, or another memorable quote from this one? Um, I'm going to ride with, uh, with uh, uh, Nikki Tesla. Shout out to David Bowie, rest in peace. Um, and he says, you're familiar with the phrase, man's reach, you know, exceeds his grasp. It's a lie. Man's grasp exceeds his nerves, which also kind of plays into the the conversation. You know, where he's like, you know, have you considered the cost of such a machine? He's like, oh, the price is not a price is not obvious. Like, perhaps, but have you considered the cost? And you know, of course, in that sense, he's trying to make him go away, but he obliges. But yeah, I, I think that section of like like dialogue is key to kind of embracing the madness between these two men. Are they willing to count the cost of what they want to accomplish as magicians? So, shout out Nick yeah. Tesla, shout out David Bowie. Yeah, definitely. Um, Maurice, to you, kind of like what was um, your memorable quote from this one? Yeah, I'm a I'm a Robert Trenton again on this one. I that was my favorite quote as well. Specifically, the one where he's like, "How much does it cost?" You know, money isn't an option, and he's like, "Again, you should consider how much it costs because it it again parallels to the beef between." Uh, Tesla and Edison. And I don't know, I guess, I don't know at the point of this time, they were still beefing as well. So like, it was kind of like foreshadowing his own demise as well. Um, like Tesla's demise. Um, but yeah, I think that that was a really key point and, and turning point in the movie to where they started going beyond just like, uh, like who's a better magician. It's like, all right, this is a pride thing. Like I'm going to like ruin your show so that I can have the better show. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like what was one or maybe like one or two of, of your uh, personal most memorable quotes? Uh, the one with the robber started to cut her. He's a dreadful magician. No, he's a wonderful magician. He's just a dreadful showman. That really just continues to resonate, especially when throughout this film that, you know, you see things differently. He's, you have to have the, the whole whole package. So, yeah, that's one of my favorite uh, quotes. Yeah. Um, transitioning to what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, I had how there were just key protagonists that you want to empathize with. And then this being the type of film that just really never stops challenging the audience along the way. And it's really the epitome of, of old fashioned storytelling. I thought that was kind of a really impressive, you know, element of this uh, storyline. Uh, Trenton to you kind of like, what did you like the the most about this particular storyline? Yeah. Yeah. I think just, um, I think this is kind of a theme that was kind of run with. So Maurice brought it up. I think just running with that parallel, like, you know, you, you have a moment where kind of then Jir goes to the front and then Borden catches up to him and goes in the front and then just, okay, well then cut it, throws in a, you know, wrench in the plans and then, okay, oh, now, oh, now we're bringing in, um, Olivia, you know, it's Carl Johansson. You got to balance her character and just the way that every character has a way of advancing the story, you know, um, uh, Borden's wife dying, you know, totally, it leaves a hole. You can tell it, it leaves a hole in the, in the real uh, board, you know, in, 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 her, in her husband. It, there's, a, there's a gap there. Um, you know, with, with Angier losing his wife, it leaves a gap in his life that's never fulfilled. And he's constantly trying to catch that, to, that fulfillment. So just that parallel of like going and going and going, trying to overcome loss and trying to become better and trying to do this and trying to do that, it just, it, it makes these men do things that are just obscene. It's like, why are you going so far to just to just make a, a simple trick better? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's just a, cause it's a battle between two lives and, uh, and the way it plays out. I, I love that about the story. Definitely. Um, Maurice, to you, kind of like what element in particular about this storyline did you kind of like the most? Yeah, uh, for me, it was the the parallelism. Um, just because, like, I just really appreciate, like, being able to tell stories and have it be layers deep. Uh, right. And so, like, and, 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 and I guess, like, it's not as obvious to people who don't know the history behind um, Edison and, uh, and Tessa beefing. But I think it's just really cool. It's like a little Easter egg for those that do know it. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like in terms of the particular ele- element of the storyline that maybe stood out to you the most and, you know, really kind of drew you in, um, what would you kind of say was your particular favorite uh, element of the storyline? Definitely the competition, I think. Uh, competition uh, through um, the storyline really got me, especially through magic magician you have to be that you have to do certain things to be the best and sometimes you have to sacrifice certain things and along the way you're going to have some ups and downs even though you guys don't feel like the right guy won he he wanted it more and it seems like so i love that storyline even when you feel like the guy who should have won should have won but didn't win you know just like you know keep you on your toes yeah for sure uh, and, and I mean, th- this particular film, before we get to the last topic, this particular film, it really speaks to Nolan's overall philosophy when it comes to story- storytelling. Yeah. Um, really? e- either one of you can start, but 
if, if there is a one film of, of Nolan that you think would say, like, is the epitome of what he brings to the table in terms of storytelling and directing, um, which one would you guys kind of say in particular? I'm yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Maurice, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say Inception just because that's just my favorite movie of all time oh, directed by him. Like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it because I knew Saban was Get him off. <laughs> But no, nah, definitely Inception just because I think it's just, I think it's, I think it was probably like his most unique way of, of telling a story, in my opinion, other than like Interstellar. But yeah. 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 So I think that, you know, this film definitely kind of captures that. It, it, it falls so under the radar, too, because, I mean, you, you're just coming off of Batman Begins, mm-hmm. and it's sandwiched between mm-hmm. Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. And it's like, tough. oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's really tough. So he, mm-hmm. I think you know, the, the expectation, the pressure is not there, and, you, and you're not having to, um, you can kind of just do what you want to do, uh, which, I mean, it's, it's kind of a byproduct of what Nolan does anyway. He does what he wants to do. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I think that, yeah, as far as, like, storytelling, you know, direction, everything like that, this definitely kind of, like, is, is, is up there for me. Uh, as far as, like, complete whole film, I think he mm-hmm. does this really well in the film. Yeah. And Savon, I know you're going to say Inception, right? It's definitely Inception for you, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but in terms of 10 years from now, do you still think this will be watchable and intriguing? Um, I unanimously feel feel like it definitely will like this this is there's a just a fantastic un- ensemble and it works on multiple levels as you know it blends narrative character and emotion um hugh jackman and christian bale they just rise to the occasion and nail dynamic performances uh trenton to, to you like what in particular do you think will continue to make this a watchable and intriguing film um, another decade from now um yeah i think it's just gonna be one of the stuff that kind of like it's encapsulated in this like um you know Kind of like in it, when you think about the you think about these actors, you know, you think about Scarlett Johansson. Like, I mean, right now the biggest mark on her uh, on her her career is what she did with Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. I think people are going to be wondering, okay, what else has she done besides Marvel? Same thing with Hugh Jackman. Okay, okay, we would know about Wolverine or Christian Bale. We know about Batman. Uh, you know, what else have these guys done? I think this is going to be one of those films that stand out, and it's going to be you know kind of easy to draw people in. And some people like, you know, all of us on this, on this podcast who get to, you know, with, you know, like, like my son, when he's old enough to kind of comprehend what's going on, he's going to be sat down and he's going to watch the prestige. I mean, it's just straight up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but I think it's just a matter of just, you know, appreciating good art and appreciating, mm-hmm. you know, these incredible, this incredible cast and what they do. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, 10, ten years later, it's still watchable and it's held up really well. And I think 10 years from now, we'll continue to be watching what hold up really well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Maurice, uh, what in partic- what particular element do you think will continue to like kind of carry this on another decade from now to still be a watchable and intriguing type of movie? Yeah, I think um just the the storytelling and and the the that the twist at the end, especially, I think that's what will really make it like, oh wow, this was a really good movie. It's not the ending I wanted, but I'm okay with how it ended. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. that 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 element right there is what's gonna like keep like like make it to where you want to show people this to like, oh, did you get it? Did you see what happened? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, and then just the parallelism again, that's like the the key factor in it as well. So. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. And, and Savon, to close it out, what do you think will kind of make this uh, 
just a, a continuous watchable and, in, and intriguing movie. The gas for sure, man. For mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, how they paid everybody, I, I don't even know. Even with Christopher <laughs> Nolan, man. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a star set of cast. So, yeah, the cast for sure is what people want to be like, oh, let me watch this yeah, definitely. Well, Trenton and Maurice, it has been an absolute pleasure having both of you on for this time. Uh, and thank you uh, both guys for, uh, for being on. Yeah. For sure, man. It's always a good time. Yeah, anytime, absolutely. anytime. Definitely. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wanted Burns, one of my counterparts, Avon Morris. Suspenseful Scope. See you later.